this school is trying to make it easier for you to get to heaven. You know how they're doing it? Raising tuition. Because Jesus said how hard it is for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. So they're just jacking up the prices, right? And you buy one little textbook and it's 150 bucks, right? And that's, you know, so that's the, that's the method, I guess. Kidding. Maybe, I don't know. I'm not sure. Okay, great gospel for us, okay? And it's a great gospel that I just love to preach to you all about because so many of you young people remind me of this man. We call him the, the rich young man, right? Because he runs up to Jesus. We don't really know if he's young or not, but there's something about him. And I recognize in him what I recognize in so many of you. This desire to live a great and meaningful life. You wouldn't be here if you wanted to just skim the surface of your existence. Because you don't have to be here. You choose to be here. You're coming to the Lord because there's something in your heart that is awake and alive. And that's exactly like this young man. And the Lord loves to see it. And this dynamic between Jesus and this young man is perfect for so many of you, really for all of us, but especially you young people. Watch what happens here in this encounter. Jesus meets the young man right where he is. Good teacher. What must I do to inherit eternal life? See, that's a good question. And so many of you ask good questions like that. It's a meaningful one. It's one that shapes the trajectory of someone's life. And so Jesus says, why do you call me good? Right? No one's good but God alone, which is kind of a wink and a nod because Jesus is God. And so the guy's instincts are right. He's coming right to Jesus with his good question about the purpose of his life. And then Jesus lays out the fundamentals, keep the commandments, and he lists them. Because we can't go below that, right? And the young man says, all these I have followed from my youth. Good. That's a good start. But friends, it's only a start. It's only a start. Just to keep the commandments is a good thing. But it's not the height of what you're called to. So Jesus looks at the man, and this is a key line in this gospel. Jesus, looking at him, loved him. Jesus loves what he sees in this young man because he loves him. Here's a guy who's trying. He's in the game spiritually. He's awake and alive spiritually. It's within this look of love that the rest of the gospel unfolds. Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said, you are lacking in one thing. Sell what you have and give to the poor. You'll have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. Then come follow me. See, it's out of love. Don't overlook that detail. Jesus looks at the young man and loves him. And then he raises the stakes. And Jesus does make a demand on this man. And it's a big one. Jesus looks, and in his look of love, which also, because he's God, is a look of truth, he sees right to the heart of this man. And he sees the one thing that is keeping him from really following, from really giving everything to God. And he zeroes right in on it and names it. 
He has many possessions. And the problem is this. He can't let go of those. And that's like a lot of you. It's a lot of me. We're like that. We have things in our lives that we don't want to let go and give to God. But we need to. We're asked to. Jesus actually demands it, and he demands it because he loves us. What Jesus does is offer him this very daring proposition to give up everything and to follow him in a radical way to really become a disciple. Jesus asks him to be courageous and generous so that he might be truly joyful and free. And friends, those things are very connected. So I sat with this during the week to pray with. Courageous and generous, Jesus asks that of us to show great courage in following him and to be very generous. And there's a correlative to those, both those terms. When we're courageous, then joy breaks into our lives. And when we're generous, especially to the poor, then we become free. And there's so little joy and so little freedom right now in our culture, in our world, and maybe even in your heart because we don't show enough courage in terms of faith. And we don't give enough. We're not generous enough. It takes courage to follow Jesus, to not be afraid, to trust him with everything. And it takes great generosity, generosity that doesn't have limits. And we're so good at putting limits on our faith. I'll give, but only to this point. I'll strive, but only so far. That doesn't work because God isn't like that. See, he wants all of us because he loves us. Not because he is demanding, but because he's loving. And in that look of love, there is a demand, but it's a demand that helps us become truly joyful and free. This man, though, can't do it. He can't give up what he has for something better. It's one of the only times in the scriptures where Jesus directly calls someone and they walk away. Almost always, Jesus calls someone directly and they follow. Think of the apostles, Peter and Andrew, James and John. Think of St. Matthew sitting at his customs post. Jesus calls and they get up and move. Think of Zacchaeus. So many examples in the scripture where Jesus sees someone, loves them, and calls them and they respond. This man walks away, and he walks away sad. He walks away sad. Now, I do believe, because God doesn't give up on us, that there's a second half to this story. It's not in the scriptures. But I can't imagine having an encounter with Christ like this, walking away sad and not having it haunt. So I believe I don't know how, maybe through the apostles. I believe this guy figured it out. Just like I believe a lot of you figure it out. What's important though is to know that Jesus lets him go. He doesn't force anybody. He doesn't force us to be courageous. He doesn't force us to be generous. He invites us. And for those of us who can say yes to that, then everything opens up. We have to say yes. 
And it's a strong yes. It's one that does make a demand on us because God is not a God of half measures. We celebrated the feast of a great saint just a, a little over a week ago, St. Therese of Lisieux. She has a good line. You cannot be half a saint. You must either be a whole saint or no saint at all. You cannot be half a saint. You must either be a whole saint or no saint at all. Either God gets everything or will never become truly holy, truly free, truly joyful. And I guess the question for all of us to ponder as we think about that one thing that we hold on to that keeps us from being really free to follow Jesus is whether or not we believe following him is worth it. Is it worth it to give everything? That's the question St. Peter asks. Peter says, we've given up everything to follow you. And Jesus says, I know. No one who has given up house or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or lands for my sake and for the sake of the gospel, there is no one who will not receive a hundred times more now in this present life. It's not just for heaven. It's now that he wants us free so that we can, we can receive even more of what he has for us. That's such a great thing to pray with, that God is never, ever outdone in generosity. When he invites us to be courageous and to risk following him, it's because he's already risked loving us. When he invites us to be generous and to give, to give away the things that hold us back, it's because he is always more generous to us. That's why there's an urgency to this gospel, just like there's an urgency to your time here at Carroll, to say yes now, not later, not to put it off, but now, because God wants you to know his freedom, his joy, and the manifold blessings of his plan in your life now. Not when you're 30, 40, 50, 60, but now. That's the gift, but it takes a lot of guts. So I'll leave you with a prayer. And it's a prayer that takes some courage to pray. Make some time this week and pray with this gospel. It's Mark 10, 17 to 30. Let Jesus look at you and love you because he does. He looks at you and he loves you. And he will point out the one thing that keeps you from following him. And I don't know what that is, but Jesus does. Certainly it could be sin and we have to deal with that. And we run to the mercy of the Lord to be set free. But also, what else? What are the more subtle things that keep us from following? Our own comfort, our reputation, what we think of as success in the eyes of the world. Maybe it's the safety of anonymity. I don't wanna be noted for anything, I just wanna blend in. Maybe it's attachment to control over our lives and our plan. But pray about that and let Jesus show you the one thing and then ask the Holy Spirit to be courageous and generous and give it to him. Give it to the Lord and watch the freedom and the joy that breaks into your life. Make it a habit. Ask for courage 
and generosity to give the thing that keeps you from following Jesus fully. Give it every day and watch how the Lord will work. You might say, that's impossible for me. I can't do that. Well, heed the words of Christ. For human beings, it is impossible. But not for God. All things are possible for God.